friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and I'm so glad to be back here for another week and another episode of this podcast. Today, we are going to address your top three Etsy questions. These are things y'all ask all the time, and I want to jump right in and help you out with them. But first, I want to do our spotlight review of the week. This week's spotlight review comes from KJ Hayes 7 and she writes, I listen to you when I drive to work and back. Very educational, and thanks for all your tips. Thank you so much, KJ Hayes 7 Multitasking and listening to podcasts is one of my very favorite ways to learn. I think it helps me to be able to be doing something else, usually something kind of mindless like running or driving and listening to business things at the same time because my mind can listen and also wander with new ideas and new inspirations for my business at the same time. And I actually have a little note on my phone that I use to either voice record or like voice to text a new idea that pops into my head or an inspiration that comes to my head while I'm listening. So that is such a great way to use the podcast. And thank you so much to KJ Hayes 007 for leaving that review. I would be so appreciative if you would leave a review on iTunes if you are loving this podcast and this information that I am putting out there. It helps this podcast to move up in the rankings on iTunes and how it helps other sellers to find the podcast and be able to utilize this knowledge and join the community as well. All right, so let's jump into the show today. What are your top three questions that y'all ask about getting started on Etsy or growing your Etsy business? I get asked questions all the time in my Facebook group, Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger, and Oftentimes, I see similar themes to the question arise, even if they're not worded exactly the same. So these aren't copy and pasted questions, but more like a conglomeration of questions that get asked over and over again by either students in my programs or members of the group. All right, so number one, the first question that we're going to address is, how do I get started on Etsy? Or I don't know where to start or some variation of that. Sometimes people even say, I'm doing a lot of research before I get started, or I'm in the researching phase of starting a shop. All right, so my very first tip for that is to think about your Etsy shop like a business from the get-go. You don't want to just jump into this like a hobby, although I do think that there are times that people get a little stuck in that researching process. But it is important to kind of think through your business and think through the way that you would like to move forward with it and what your goals are from the get-go in getting started. The first thing I want you to do is to research names for your shop. Think about what you're selling. Think about kind of the vibe that your shop is putting off. Think about something that's a little more creative. I don't like to see people have shops that are like, 
Lauren's Creations or Lauren's Crafts or something that's just completely nondescript. It's completely uncreative, doesn't show any sort of inspiration or really thought process at all. Spend a little time thinking about your shop because that's going to be the name of your shop because that's going to be sort of the basis for how you build your branding and stuff that goes along with your shop. I also want you to figure out your business idea. What are you going to be making? How are you going to put a unique spin on those items so that they're not exactly like the next thing that the person on Etsy is making? Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be totally like an inventor and you're making up something that's brand new, never before been seen. The world has never had a glimpse of this product before. It does not mean that. You just have to have some sort of unique spin that makes it stand out on the Etsy platform and also for your customers. Why would they buy from you rather than a shop that's already established? Now, I know that that mean voice in your head, if you are just getting started on Etsy, is probably saying, well, there's no reason that they would buy from me. There are already shops that are doing it. There are already shops that are successful. I'm never going to be able to be successful. That's not true. There is no such thing as oversaturation, in my opinion. And it is totally possible to be successful on the platform with something that is not unique. All that shows you is that there's already a market for it. There are already buyers that are looking for it on the platform. There are already people that are searching for it. So I actually think it's a little bit easier to get started on Etsy with things that are not as unique. However, you do have to have a spin on it that makes it unique. What are people getting from you? Is it customer service? Is it packaging? Is it a really good response time? Are you putting your products out really fast? Is it higher quality? Is it better marketing? Is it a community that you're building? What is that spin? And it doesn't have to be directly related to the product. It can be related instead to your brand and the way that you market yourself and your products. So spend a little bit of time thinking about that. I also want you to think about the material costs and the time investment of the products that you are making. You don't want to build a shop around things that have very high material costs that you're not able to decrease and you will never be able to decrease. You also don't want to build a shop around things that have very, very high time investment or time commitment for you to make them. Say they take you five hours to make one product. Now, I will caveat that by saying if they are extremely expensive products, then that might work for you. So if you have very high material costs, say something like diamond jewelry, and your material costs in buying those raw diamonds are going to be high, you also can buy them or sell them, I mean, for a high cost. So so that can, you can work around that if you have certain things, but say you're selling children's clothing and your material costs are very high because you're buying really high-end fabric and it also takes you 15 hours to make one dress. That's probably not going to be something that is going to be profitable enough to be able to sell online because you can't probably sell a child's dress for three or four hundred dollars to recoup the material costs that you have into it and also your time investment. So you want to be cognizant of that even if you don't have exact numbers or you're still kind of working on it. There are ways to speed things up once you get more sales and you kind of have those consistent sales rolling in of the same products by batching it and buying wholesale or bulk. But 
There are also things that you're just not going to be able to work around if it's totally out of whack with running a profitable business. So that is something that I want you to be aware of. And I want you to think about before you dive into putting up all of these listings on Etsy that probably in the long run are not going to be profitable. I also want you to spend some time on the setup of your shop. I don't want you to just throw random information up there. You want your Etsy shop to be a brand. You are building a brand and a business. You are not just building an Etsy storefront. It's not just an Etsy shop. You want to be able to have a brand identity outside of being an Etsy shop. I tell my students in my course, Roadmap to Success, all the time, what we're trying to work around is... If something somebody were to buy a product that you have listed on Etsy and their friend asked them where they got it, you want them to say, I got it from Funky Monkey Children, which is my shop, not I bought it on Etsy. We are trying to avoid having people say they bought it on Etsy really generically and be able to identify our brand and our brand values and the benefit that our brand offers over other shops that sell the same thing, that brand identity. And that takes a little bit of time as you're setting up your shop and you're writing out your policies and you're writing out your shop story and all of those things. So don't just spend an hour setting up your shop, put it up there. You don't have any pictures. It's very blank and generic and doesn't really stand out. You want it to have a personality and that's going to take a little bit of time for you to develop. The next thing I want you to do is to think about your dream customer and who you want to be selling to in your Etsy shop. We talk about that extensively in my course, Roadmap to Success, but your dream customer is sort of the basis for your shop. How are you appealing to this person that you're trying to appeal to? You should have a dream customer that you're sort of targeting your products, your marketing, your voice and your listings, your description, all of those things towards this one dream customer who would be interested in your products and who is online looking for products like yours to fill this void in their life or in their shopping life. So you need to think about what kind of person is attracted to your shop, what kind of person is attracted to your products, and how can you reach them so that they will identify themselves in your shop and in your branding and in your products and be attracted to the marketing that you've put out there. So I want you to think kind of long-term when you're first getting started, but you also need to have some flexibility. I don't want you to get so stuck on the idea that you have to have everything perfect and you have to have really, really solid ideas of where you're going to be headed two or three or five years from now right from the get-go. The best thing about business and online business and the best advice that I can give you is to allow for some flexibility. You are probably going to develop a dream customer and think about who you're selling to. And then a year from now, that might have changed as the things that people are asking for, the custom orders and stuff that you're doing are changing and your shop sort of has a pivot or goes in a new direction or you add a new collection of products that ends up being wildly popular. And so you sort of go down that that side or that rabbit hole instead of sticking with what your initial vision was. I've told this story before, but when I started Funky Monkey Children, I actually was going to call it Savannah Style. We were living in Savannah, Georgia at the time, and I wanted to create this really high-end boutique um, for like baptism outfits, like the very traditional 
gowns that are really long for babies being baptized or like very high-end lacy dresses like Easter dresses and stuff for girls. Very expensive high-end clothing that was also monogrammed. That was my vision for what I wanted. I saw a lot of Etsy shops that were selling the more casual, applique, monogrammed type things that were more for daily wear. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do t-shirts. I want to do these very high-end clothes. I ended up putting up some stuff in my shop just to kind of get started so that I could have some revenue and some sales and sort of proof of concept. Um, Even though it wasn't really the concept that I was chasing after, I had bibs and burp cloths and stuff in my shop. And it took off in a totally different direction. And I ended up making those t-shirts and stuff that I didn't really want to be making when I first started. And then I ultimately discontinued them because they weren't very profitable for, for me. So it's gone through multiple iterations. If you look at my shop now, Funky Monkey Children, it is not at all what it looked like when I first started. So I do want you to allow some of that flexibility as you are getting started and diving into being a business owner and allow for the customers to give you feedback about what they're interested in and what they want, what kind of direction they want you to go in. Lastly, on this first question, I don't want you to get stuck in the perfectionism. There are so many people that I see that talk about researching and looking into it, and they want to launch their site, um, you know, six months from now. They're hoping to open it with a few products or they're building up inventory or whatever. While I want you to have a plan and sort of be thinking through the plan for your business as an actual business, not just throwing it up there and diving in without any sort of thought, I also think that it's a real problem when people get stuck in that place and they're not able to move forward and take any steps. They want it to be absolutely perfect before they even dive into it, which makes it very difficult to get started because... No matter how hard you try to make it perfect from the get-go, it is still going to have to have flexibility and it is still going to have to be able to change as time goes on. So you're not going to be able to nail down every single perfect item right from the get-go. It's a fluid thing and so I don't want you to get stuck in that process of not being able to take action because you're so worried about researching and getting set up and not really making any actual steps to get moving. All right, number two, and this is my absolute most asked question on Facebook, on Instagram, on my emails that people write to me everywhere. How do I get more traffic to my shop? Or sometimes they word it, how do I get found? How do I increase my sales? Whatever, some version of that. My very, very first tidbit of advice to anyone and everyone that asks this question is, you need to make sure that your SEO is nailed down and good. There is a a bunch of other different ways to talk about driving traffic to your shop, which we'll go into in just a second. But mastering your SEO and really understanding how that Etsy search engine works and how it works to find your products and how it drives traffic to your shop is going to be the best use of your time. Etsy has millions and millions of buyers and continues to grow year after year after year that are coming coming on Etsy looking for handmade unique products. So while you can drive your own traffic to the platform, and I do recommend that you take some steps to do that and to build that community outside of Etsy at some point, 
that's not a first step. The very first step is to master that SEO and to get that passive traffic coming in. Once you have those SEO terms, the keywords are working and they're optimized and all of that stuff is right on point, you have this passive traffic that comes in from all over the world while you sleep and you're able to harness that energy and the traffic and the visitors from Etsy and direct them towards your product. So that is my number one tip of advice. And it's also something that people struggle with a lot. So let's talk about SEO. Your Etsy SEO is made up of your tags, your titles, your attributes, and most recently they implemented that free shipping boost. So your tags and your titles need to match exactly, like copy and pasted exactly. They need to be made up of keywords that you found that you've researched through various methods. You can look at other Etsy listings. You could look on Pinterest. Think about what your dream customer would be searching for if they are buying something like yours or your kind of product. What kind of products does the person like other than yours? What are they what kind of genres of products or trends or holidays or gift recipients might they be buying for or might they be interested in? What are they looking for? How are they searching to find your product? A lot of times I see people have these very basic one-word tags, like let's say they sell jewelry and they have a blue necklace and they will list it as necklace or silver necklace blue necklace, whatever. While that should probably be incorporated in the title in some way, you got to be more descriptive than that. Probably, most likely, nobody's going to be entering into the Etsy search engine necklace. They're going to be more specific because they're going to have something in mind of what they're looking for. So what are they looking for? If they're searching for a long blue pendant necklace or a opal stone, sterling silver choker. You know, those things are what they are narrowing it down when they're searching for to actually purchase. Blue necklace probably is going to get lost in the search because there's going to be so many other people who also have those same tags. And there's going to be so many products that are not even really related to that that come up with that because of the search. So you want to make sure that those keywords are really optimized to what your buyer would actually be searching for when they're looking for your products. The best way that I advise people to do this in my course is to build a keyword bank around your product that allows you to piece together the titles and tags that are rich in keywords to apply to your products. So maybe you open a a Word doc or a Google doc and you just brain dump all of the terms that possibly would be relevant to your listing or your product. Like blue, opal, stone, long necklace, choker, sterling silver, 18-inch necklace, whatever. And then you're able to piece them together in phrases, multi-word phrases. We don't want one-word tags. We want multi-word phrases that are applicable to your product and applicable to the way that somebody would be searching for your product. So having that keyword bank really helps when you're trying to think outside the box and really to expand your titles and your tags beyond just the very basics that describe the physical product that you are listing. You also want to try to increase your visitors to for the people that might be looking as a gift. Maybe it's a Mother's Day gift. Maybe it's a back-to-school gift or a graduation gift or a Valentine's Day gift or a 
bridesmaid gift. There are tons of different genres of gifts that people are buying on Etsy, and a lot of people are shopping on Etsy for a gift. They want something that's unique to give to somebody. And you want to be able to harness that traffic that's coming in and searching for those gifts by having some of those keywords in your listings, both in your title, your tag, and your description. All of those places can help you to get found. SEO is something that you have to constantly be thinking about and working with, mastering, but once you really figure it out, it is the number one thing that changes your shop. It changes the direction, it changes your revenue, and it really makes a huge difference. So spend some time understanding Etsy SEO and you will see the payoff from it. The last question I get asked often is how do I get more engagement with my brand? A lot of people don't word it that way. They'll say something like, how do I get people to pay attention to my shop? Or how do I get people to notice me? Something along those lines. And some of that I just covered in the SEO. Um, If you are just looking for basic traffic, like you don't have any visitors to your shop, definitely I would focus on that SEO and increasing your traffic numbers before you worry about the conversions. Because a lot of times the conversions, converting somebody from a window shopper into an actual purchaser will come naturally as your traffic increases. Now, if that's not happening and you say you get decent traffic to your shop, let's say you get 150 views a day to your shop, but you're still not making any consistent sales, you really don't have much going on, even though you do get that traffic. From there, I would really work on honing in on your conversion rate and how you engage those buyers so that they're interested in making that conversion from just looking at your products and reading through and sort of passively doing it to actually engaging with your brand and your products and you. So the description of your product should be where you really get the opportunity to sell to your customer and it should evoke some sort of emotion and leave them feeling like this product really fits into their life and they fit into your brand and your brand identity, which is also why it's so important in the very beginning to establish that brand identity and that voice. So if you sell something funny and humorous and sarcastic or irreverent, that would be a totally different sort of emotion and feeling that they're getting from your shop than if you sell diamond jewelry. That's why it's so important to have those ideas really hammered out as you're diving into selling online and building this brand because the way that you're talking to your customer is going to be different depending on what kind of voice your brand has and what kind of personality your brand has. So once you write that description and you're able to really evoke that emotion either through asking questions or really just talking directly to your dream customer so that they do feel like this product fits into their life and fits into how they identify themselves, they may ask questions in your convos, like send you a convo. And that is such a great way to show your good customer service, show your personality, show the person behind the brand and the products. The conversion rate from people who reach out and ask you a a question or send you a convo is much higher than just window traffic. So it is good to get those messages, even though sometimes it can be overwhelming if you're getting a lot of them. But I would say that my conversion rate from people who send me convos and ask me questions is probably close to 100%. If they are 
engaging in your brand that way and they're reaching out to you so that they can get either clarification on something or they just kind of want you to, a lot of times I just get people that want me to sort of confirm what they already know. Like the details are already in the listing, but they'll say, can you make this product with my child's name? Well, of course I can. It's a personalized product, but they just want to engage in some way. And that gives me the opportunity to engage with them through those convos and to not directly sell to them because I wouldn't say that I sell to them in convos as much as I am just able to show them my customer service, show how I talk to them, show my professionalism and all of that. So that's a great way to engage with your customers and to let them know that you care and you're paying attention and you are in your shop and treating it like a business with that professionalism. My next little tidbit for you would be to work on your Instagram account. Instagram is my favorite platform for engaging with Etsy buyers because it is such a visual platform with pictures and all of that, Um, but also because people on Instagram are used to being sold to. There are so many Instagram influencers and promoted ads and promoted posts and all of that, that people are used to looking at Instagram and looking through their Instagram feed and being suggested products that they would be interested in or having those influencers or whatever recommend products or have sponsored posts or have a paid promotion or whatever. So people that are are surfing through Instagram or scrolling through Instagram are already used to being sold to. They're not offended by that in the same way that maybe somebody on Facebook would be because Facebook is supposedly supposed to be more about connecting with your family and friends. Instagram also allows you to find your dream customer and to see what they're looking at, what they're liking, what they're following, and to engage with them in a different and more personal way. They are able to see you as a person. They're able to hear your voice as you interact with people or your postings. They can see your humor or your emotion or your deep thoughts or whatever you decide to post, and they can decide where they fit into that and if they fit into that. That allows people to be more engaged with your brand, and it also allows people to become a more passionate follower or a more passionate fan of your brand. The last way I would say to engage with your customers, and this would be for current customers that you would like to be repeat customers or to share the love and recommend you to their friends or whatever, is where when you send them a package and the things that you include in those packages, I call them your inclusions. These could be things like a coupon for a return customer, a postcard that tells your Facebook or your Instagram handle so that they can follow you. It could be a giveaway or a contest. It could be a personal note. I've had people tell me, students tell me that they've gotten a ton of feedback from people when they've written notes just saying, thank you for your purchase. It means so much. Thank you for supporting the small business, blah, blah, blah. You can tell them about your product. You can tell them about the movement behind your product, your brand, your brand vision, your priorities and beliefs through that brand. You can also give a name to your tribe or your followers. Um, If you follow Jenna Kutcher, who I love on Instagram, she has a podcast called Gold Digger, and she calls her followers gold diggers. 
So she speaks primarily to women entrepreneurs who are building businesses online, and they are gold diggers. So she calls them that. And um, another person that does this is Bethann Schwamberger. She runs Brilliant Business Moms, and she will refer to people as Brilliant Business Moms. Those are her followers. That's her tribe. So you can do that with the inclusions in your packaging and also on your Instagram Um but it allows people to see themselves as a part of your community and to identify themselves in your brand and in your community and to stay engaged with you as they purchase and even after they purchase when they're getting ready to make another purchase or they're buying a gift or whatever. So those are my three top questions that I get asked about Etsy and starting an Etsy shop and growing an Etsy shop and having people engage with your Etsy shop. I hope that this episode has been helpful for you as you move forward in your shop and you do chase after those revenue and sales goals that you set for yourself in the beginning of the year. If you are looking for more support or you have other questions, I would love for you to join the private Facebook group. It is called Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger, and you can find the link. It will actually forward you to the link if you go to laurenkeplinger.com slash Facebook. You have to request to be added to the group, but I um, approve those requests throughout the day every day, so it shouldn't take very long. That is all I have for today. If you have other questions, I would love to see you post them in the Facebook group and I will address them in a later podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I will see you here next week. Bye for now.